Welcome to the fifth series of the Global Careers Calls podcast, hosted by Ray Roberts, a careers consultant at the University of London. In this exciting series, we explore the fascinating world of leadership and management. Join us as Ray interviews accomplished alumni who have emerged as leaders, sharing their personal experiences in managing people and taking on significant responsibilities across different sectors and countries. Join Ray Roberts as she explores an intriguing career transition with Jeremy Gann, a University of London business and management graduate. Jeremy shifted from a successful ballet dancing career to product management. Discover how his studies honed his leadership skills and how his experience as a professional dancer equipped him with invaluable employability skills in the business sector. So in this episode, I am thrilled to be joined today by Jeremy Gann. I'm here in the UK and you are in Singapore, I believe, Jeremy. Yes, I am. So welcome. Um, do you want to maybe first start us off with telling us about what you've been studying with us at the University of London? Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm actually from Malaysia. For the past seven years, I've been a professional ballet dancer and teacher with Singapore Ballet. Uh, besides dancing with Singapore Ballet, I decided to take Bachelor of Science in Business and Management. And so I just graduated with first class honours this March. Like I went for the graduation ceremony this March. So yeah. And huge congratulations, Jeremy, completing your degree. And, that, and, you, and you came over to London, didn't you, for your graduation? Yes, I did. And that's how I met you at the MSE alumni event. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun evening and a really, really nice event and nice that you've got to see London and see the UK where you've been doing your studies remotely all that time. Yes, yes. It was really nice because on the website, on the BLE, you see a lot of like the Senate House pictures and all. And it's it's just really nice to see those facilities and those buildings in real life. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. you've you've mentioned in your in your introduction there that you know you're a professional ballet dancer and you've chosen to study something really quite different with us here at the University of London. Is that linked to your career thinking? Uh, yes, that was a conscious decision on my part. Um, the reason why I went to ballet was because my mom's a ballet teacher. So that was how I started into the world ballet. But I always went into ballet knowing that that wasn't the entirety of my personality as a whole. And I've always had other facades that I was interested in pursuing. And so I made actually a conscious decision to choose a degree, basically, that was not dance related. And so I was looking around and I, I came across the University of London programs. And it really resonated with me because I could do it remotely. The academic direction was with LSE. So I knew there was a certain prestige to it. And it just offered me the flexibility to it. Um, in terms of career this was something I would say like a work in progress. So I knew I wanted to do something that was not in dance, but I also knew I wanted to do something that was still connected with people and projects. And so throughout the course of my studies and with some internships as well, I decided that I wanted to be a product manager to kind of enter into the product management space. So yes, it's a conscious decision to choose a degree that was not dance related. 
And I think that will definitely resonate with a lot of the other students that are listening to this podcast. I know many of our, our distance learners have consciously made that decision and it's about shifting something in your life or shifting something in terms of what you're actually wanting to be be doing or working with a practical circumstance for yourself. So you've been studying business and management and you're wanting to get into product management. Fits quite no, nice with our theme of our podcast around management and leadership. Um, is there, I, I'm, I guess I'm interested in thinking about now that you've done your studies and you feel ready to move into product management, what are the skills that you got from your studies that make you equipped for that and what are the skills that you've got from your ballet that maybe doesn't seem obvious that a ballet career would equip you for being a a product manager but maybe there's elements of of leadership and management skills from that Mm. Um, I'll start with the studies so the ones that I got through my studies with University of London you touched on leadership and management skills so I'm just going to break that down separately for leadership skills because I I don't know whether you would say this is lucky or unlucky, but I found myself studying during the unprecedented time of COVID. So there was a lot of things that was uncharted territory. You know, no one has done it before. No one has asked those sort of questions before. So I think that sort of challenged my leadership skills, asking on behalf of the cohort to the module professors, just asking them, hi, how are the examinations going to be run this year? There's a lot of things. And so I think that's the leadership part. A nice kind of tangent out of that was because I do like the whole external accountability. So I do put snippets of my life on my other social platforms, like my Instagram, my LinkedIn. And so I have people reach out to me who are in the arts world, who also want to transition out of the arts world. And so then I find myself being a leader, like kind of carving out a new path, answering their questions on how I'm doing it on my side. Um, in terms of management, this is when things get really interesting because, you know, I did a business and management degree. Um, management skills to myself, it was just being able to juggle both sides because I knew I still wanted to have a full-time career, but I also knew I wanted to finish my degree in three years. I didn't really like the idea of stretching it out to the full six years part-time. So that was a lot of time management skills on myself. Um, in respect to the modules, I would say the content is amazing. It has equipped me really, really well in terms of the module selections, the content in it. Um, certain highlights. So for example, there was, I think, the elements of social and applied psychology. And so through that module, that was when I touched on, uh, that's when I learned stuff like social influence, Bandura social learning theory, like how and why people learn things. And so with that, and then with the other modules, so I did do contract law as well. It was one of the bonus module that I decided to do something that was completely different. So contract law, and that's, yes, contract law doesn't seem relevant to management at the time, but in hindsight, it kind of indirectly taught me to understand how to manage motivations, like what people prioritize in structuring out a contract, what people, what kind, what makes people click, you know, what do people look at when they want to set a connection with someone personally or professionally. And then with the other modules that was like strategy, game theory, there were core management concept modules. So that was like the Taylorism. And then one thing that I really enjoyed was the development management module. And so through that, I kind of understand like the institutional theories on how to make things more effective. Um, I learned governance in nations, which was something that was completely new to me because that was something that I didn't read during my free time. And so it was understanding like, oh, okay, this is 
why certain nations have gone this route, why certain nations have become successful and why certain nations have not become as successful. So I think through all of that, it kind of made me understand like the motivations behind them, how to manage them and what things to manage in people. So that's what the, the studies have given me. From my career, oh, this is when it gets interesting because I think a lot of people have this preconceived notion that the arts world is very different from my next career jump, which is I, which I want to do, which is product management. Uh, people think they're two separate things, but I do find there's actually a lot of similarities, a lot of similar veins that kind of connect those two together. So, you know, looking deeper into product management, I realized that they do require a lot of cross-functional work as well, working with different departments, working with different teams, and a lot of communicating with different stakeholders, which ties into the whole leadership and management aspect of it. And ballet is very much that. Like a ballet is essentially a project. Um, I work with different departments. I work with the choreographer. I work with production, marketing, wardrobe for costumes. And so it's basically a project. And I'm working with multiple dynamic individuals, basically from international backgrounds, which requires a lot of collaboration, a lot of clear communication between members, and then translating that vision onto stage and to audience members and to donors as well. And all of this is to be done with like a high level of speed and precision because in the ballet world, especially, there's not much room to afford to have like mistakes. So I think I can bring that to the product management side, managing others and getting, you know, with the whole high pressure, high demand situation. Um, but also, I'm also a ballet teacher, you know, on top of being a professional ballet dancer with Singapore Ballet, I'm also a ballet teacher as well. And so that's when I felt the people skills kind of come, the soft skills really, they come really handy. Um, because that's me basically understanding how to bring out the best in each individual. So it's more of an emotional intelligence thing. So like as a teacher, all my students, they come from a range of different backgrounds. So I have like students up to the ages of, up to the age of 60, for example. And I'm students who are like in the teens who want to go into ballet professionally. And so it's me basically understanding what do they want to get out of ballet? Do they want to come in? To ballet as like a recreational hobby thing to see their friends every Sunday or is it something that they want to work at a higher intensity to basically become a professional ballet dancer so that's when I kind of bring up the whole like soft skill side understanding how they approach ballet understanding with like certain steps if they can't do the steps why do they have that issue um, the way they approach the steps is it something that I can tailor my words so that it can click in their head and be like oh actually I tried this method it works and so Basically, then that's me having to, like, on one hand, have students enjoy their weekly class where you can see people. And on the other hand, I have some of my students, actually two of my students. Uh, one just got into Hamburg Ballet School in Germany, and the other one just got a placing as well in Canada's National Ballet School in Canada. So that's really nice. So just, like, linking it back to product management, just knowing how to manage expectations of the project, working with different individuals, just to basically achieve the end result. Well, congratulations to your students and you on your teaching in reaching those placements. That's fantastic. And um, hopefully maybe some of our listeners are there in Germany or in Canada and we'll get to see them performing soon. So I think it's, it's been really interesting to hear you speaking about this, this idea where people wouldn't automatically make that connection. But hearing mm. you speak, it's so clear how if you reframe dance as and ballet as, as a project rather than as an art without taking the art out of it but just reframing it in that way so that the business world can understand 
actually that advanced skill set that you've been using is a really useful strategy. And I can see how, you know, how, how you'll be able to help other people to tell that story um, now. And it sounds like a lot of people are kind of approaching you with approaching you with that as well. Was it what I'm wondering, you know, you've articulated it very clearly now. I'm wondering what's your journey been to get to this point? Was it always so clear for you that there would be those links or has it kind of crystallized over time, the transferable skills? I would say like, you know, hindsight, it's always <laughs> 2020 kind of thing. So like, yeah, it has kind of crystallized over time. And I think looking back at it, I always knew kind of what I wanted out of a career or what I wanted at that point in my life. But I just wasn't able to articulate it to myself, let alone others. So like looking back at it, I always knew I wanted to work with like projects. I wanted to work with a product. So at this point of my life, the product in question is the ballet that you see on stage. Um, I always knew I wanted to work with people. I always wanted to be forward facing. I didn't want to be the one that was hiding at the back. And I always knew I wanted to be the one that was working in a team. I didn't, I, I'm okay with working by myself. But I do enjoy the aspect of working collaboratively, uh, collaboratively with teams. And so it's all those little things that I knew I enjoyed, but I just wasn't able to see it by myself yet. It wasn't, it wasn't as fully formed, I would say. So it was a lot of me jumping between groups and, you know, just like looking and seeing like, oh, maybe this, maybe not that, maybe this, maybe not that. So actually, one of the things was during COVID in 2020, um, UCF London partnered with Bright Network. And because there was a time when basically I couldn't really perform. And so I had a bit more free time and Bright Network was like, uh, Bright Network at that moment, they had a remote internship opportunity thing. And so I decided to do it. And I found out that the ones that I really enjoyed were the consulting, the operations and technology. And I think it's through there that I kind of get it. I kind of got a clearer sense of what it is I like, because, you know, I thought I was maybe more of like a HR guy or that sort of thing. Like I always had these kind of ideas because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, H, maybe human resource because it's still people focused. And then I realized like, actually I can kind of still meet people in like operations or in consulting on technology. So as I think, you know, like opportunities like this throughout the years have kind of helped crystallize what I really wanted. So it has, has never always been that way. I've always been a bit of like swimming in a pool and now, I'm kind of slowly finding my footing. I think that trying things out is what enables us to realise, isn't it, what actually suits us. And I'll just go a, a shout out that I know that the Bright Networks are doing their their Bright Network internships are running on an annual basis, so um, people can people can still look for those. And also that on Careers Connect, we do have some remote internship opportunities. So if people are hearing Jeremy speaking now and thinking. That's all very well, Jeremy, but where do I get my experience? <laughs> we we do have some we do have some chances for current students as well. But I think absolutely finding ways, whether that's a conversation you can have with someone or an actual bit of bit of work experience that you can do where you can test it out. Because like you've just said, that you you might make an assumption. Yeah. But that assumption isn't necessarily what turns out to be best for you. Correct. And I think um if I may like kind of add on to what you want to say. I think reaching out to your network, that's a big one for me that I kind of learned throughout the years because I was always a bit apprehensive to reach out to people. I was always worried, overthinking a little bit of like, how would my first impressions come across? 
or yeah, in a completely different field, is it all right to reach out to them? And then I realized like, no, kind of everybody's really friendly out there. If you just take the first step to reach out, you'll be fine. And so, you know, at the LSE alumni event, that's how I reached out in my ballet world, me talking to the donors, the sponsors, me reaching out to my other course mates as well during my studies. All those have been amazing. And it's usually it's through those people that I found my opportunities to further discover myself. A lot of it is about self-discovery, like you're saying. That's not necessarily easy work and it's not necessarily work you can just do on your own. You're actually yeah. having that network and having those conversations. So that's also so heartening to hear that you're playing that role in helping other people and having other people coming to you and thinking about how to make their career transitions. And I suppose in extrapolating that as a as a useful tip for maybe some of our listeners who are making other career changes, okay, not that many of our students are professional ballet dancers, believe it or not, Jeremy, but some of them might well be, you know, changing from something else and they can find, you can find a Jeremy equivalent. Who Who is it that's making the change for you? You know, in the way that people are actually, who can you talk to who's making a similar change? Because yeah. that's that's really helpful, isn't it? To know how they, yeah. how they, how people are making those transitions. I was wondering about rewinding a bit. We've talked a little bit in the conversation just now about how, in hindsight, it all makes sense, but you wouldn't have necessarily anticipated it. And there was another moment when you were talking about your studies where you said you were talking about a contract law module and you were saying, in, in retrospect, you're seeing how that was really applicable to product management that you're wanting to go into, but that you wouldn't have known that in selecting the module. So I was wondering if you want if you could tell us a little bit more about that experience. Um, so regarding the contract law, I think that's something that's going to always be with me <laughs> for quite a while um, because the way the UCF London uh, program is designed is that there are 12 modules basically but then module number 12 is what I like to see as like a bonus module you're able to choose from any other department and so I vividly remember for the business and management course that like you could only choose mostly from I think selection group M and so I was very much kind of I wouldn't say restrained but I was like on this journey of like this is business and management and so I was like, oh, you know, for my bonus module, I want to choose something that's completely different. I want to see what options are there. And I think while searching, I think this was when I was looking at modules to register for like following year. And I was like, oh, I can actually go outside of my department. Let's see what's out there. And I remember the system showing me two modules that were outside of the business, the EMFSS side of it. And so it was contract law. And it was criminal law. And I was really tempted to take criminal law because I was like, ooh, exciting, fun. And then I realized that I think contract law would be more applicable for me because criminal law, unless there's going to be an episode of Cluedo at work, I don't think I'll really use criminal law. So then I took contract law. And I remember when I first opened the book, I kind of questioned myself. I was like, why, why contract law? It looks, it feels so irrelevant. You know, there's all the legalese to it. It feels like I don't even know English anymore. I was just reading the paragraph, the passage again and again, just going, what are they trying to explain here? And I, did, I remember vividly um, at the end of the year when I submitted my contract law paper, I just basically told my family, I was like, I hope the examiner understands my answers. I just hope like it makes sense to them when they read my answers in the end. But then when I step back and look at it, now that I've graduated and kind of like got my head out of the rubble, um, that's when I noticed like, oh, actually a lot of contract law 
is really applicable to where I want to go to in product management, the whole managing with people's emotions, with people's priorities, having a very um, great level of detail to your work. Because with contract law, sometimes a little comma or a little and or situation is enough to change the entire meaning of the statement. And so it makes me be more aware of how I speak to people or like the context I speak to people or like how best to deliver the vision, the mission, the values of an organization to certain people in the most clear way possible without kind of beating around the bush and how to eliminate clutter, basically. So yeah, in hindsight, contract law has been interesting. It has really provided me the skills in hindsight, as I repeat again, to kind of help me for my product management um, aspirations. Thank you so much for explaining that in, in detail. I think it's such a useful example you know really enhanced my professional skills there and seeing that complementing you know you've talked a lot about how from your ballet background the communication skills and the people skills and I just think often you know often when people are, are studying there are modules that you are required to do that aren't yes. as exciting for you you know we're all different and different things get us going and so actually to realize that even something that you don't necessarily see the point in in the first place or isn't the one that's resonating with you right now can turn out to be one of the most useful ones yeah and then I found that it was it kind of related a lot with the business side of it as well because then I noticed a lot of my peers who were doing the contract law module they were looking at it from a very law kind of viewpoint Whereas I had like the strategy and the psychology and the other more business modules to kind of complement my answers. So it was nice as well. Like I found I had like a different viewpoint again. And that's a really interesting point that you've just raised. We're very conscious in the University of London Careers Service is what we're calling transdisciplinary learning. So the idea that if you've got people coming and applying different lenses and different perspectives to a problem that you're solving in some way, you're going to be able to come up with a better solution. So one of the the live workshops that we run here in the in the service are these global problem solving workshops where we're looking at a kind of consultancy case study and saying, okay, from your lived experience, where you are in the world and what what's been going on in your life from your career stage. So maybe you're a career changer like yourself, bringing in that perspective of your professional background as well as where you're wanting to go and your academic experience as a business strategist or whatever. What are you bringing to the table alongside, you know, someone from another country who's studying accounting and someone else who's studying human rights and actually you've all got these valuable different perspectives that you can bring together and um so it's been really interesting to hear how that happened for you within a module and we're actively facilitating that here at the careers service because we know that employers are saying that's the skill set you need you want to work in a team in this global world now you need to be able to work with different people from different places with different lived experiences and you need to be able to utilize their perspectives listen to their skills from their studies and their professional backgrounds and bring yours together to come up with the best solution you know I feel like we've uncovered yet another way in which your contact contract law module was actually the most (laughs) useful one for you in hindsight again but yes (laughs) <laughs> Who would have thought? But future of work, key skill, transdisciplinary working, and there you were doing it without, you know, and appreciating the value of it without quite realizing so it at true. the time. 
Yeah. And especially when you are working full time and actually studying alongside that, taking that bit of reflective space afterwards to start making sense of it all is really important. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) And I'm curious because you mentioned earlier this example of how leadership skills are something that you developed within your studies, but not within a particular module. And I think that this is a really important point to be thinking about okay, these are really important skills that you're going to want in your career, but actually where are finding the opportunities to exercise um, leadership, for example, even if it isn't a key skill within a module that you're taking. And you talked about leading your cohort in terms of helping people navigating the pandemic specifically. And I mean, I'm curious, Jeremy, where did, how did, how did that come about and how did you have capacity to kind of additionally be supporting other students as well as working and studying? I think it was just more of like the little things, but it was just those little things that I felt it would mean something to somebody's life at that time. And that could be seen as sort of like a leadership role. Um, So prior to COVID, everything was done, you know, in person exams from what I gathered was going to be done in person at this particular place, Singapore. And I never actually been to that place in all my years of studies because everything was shifted virtually after that. But I understood how everybody was, was not responding at the time or like everybody was quite, quite shook up because they didn't knew there was no template. There was no protocol on how to solve this situation or how to approach this situation. And so sometimes I found myself even though I was a bit worried because I was like, I'm only a first year student. Who am I to, to raise an issue or raise a point? Or who am I to cause a fuss? Like just stir things up. Everyone was just waiting for somebody to just put the question out there that everybody had in their mind, which was um, how are exams going to be run? But, you know, we are scared to question because we were worried at the time we were first years. And it's just me being brave enough to just put my name to be associated with that issue. And I think that's how leadership kind of happens. And then I, going back to what you say, I don't think there was like a particular module that taught me leadership. But there was a common thread that kind of tied all the modules together where if you know how to manage and you know how to understand people in a deeper le- on a deeper level, then you can lead them as well and not just manage them. So, yeah. So there's that sense of kind of confidence in your leadership capacity because of the understanding that you've developed around everything that you've studied. So actually it's a kind of inherent skill within all of it. But again, only coming together now that you've done it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not something that they teach you explicitly, like leadership, this is how to be. But I think with the, with the degree as a whole, the modules that you choose in your degree gives you like the skill set and the tools to find your voice, to be a leader. And so I think that's how you, be, you develop your leadership skills because the way every single person develops their own respective leadership skills is different. Like everyone's blueprint is a little bit different, but the university has done an amazing job at kind of nudging you in the right direction and giving you certain like oh maybe try this tool or maybe try this thing and then slowly you find your own blueprint and you find how to be a leader to find your leadership skill that's personalized to you yeah that's really really good way of articulating it and back to what you were saying before then I I really like this idea of 
not thinking you need to wait until you're given a leadership role and not it not needing to be like oh I'm making myself more important than I am but actually just saying where's an opportunity to help people so like actually good leadership is essentially about supporting people and helping people to you know achieve whatever needs to be achieved and in that case it was achieve being good students in a challenging time so you know actually taking some initiative you didn't need to be appointed the course rep leader in order to say I'll just ask a question yeah but it's a great example and it's an example that I think shows if you're a prospective manager looking to recruit someone actually oh well if you ask those questions on the course then you'll probably ask them at work and therefore you're the person that I actually want to have in my team (laughs) and probably then the person who will promote to being a team leader when we have a team leader role you know it's very confidence inspiring for an employer I think yeah I hope so how is your job hunting going now that you've you've graduated very recently um it's pretty good I kind of got to later stages so I got to some assessment rounds and some interview rounds which is really really nice um I think one of the issues is I don't really want to be in Malaysia for the time being I want to experience other countries because I've already experienced living in Malaysia you know growing up and then for three years I was in New Zealand and now this is my seventh year in Singapore so I kind of want to experience other places and I think the main hurdle that I'm going to try to kind of overcome would be the visa situations. Um, Actually, I did get up to the final interview stage for a company in the UK, actually. And they said, oh, we just want to check one thing. We really would want you, but we don't have the capacity right now to be able to give you a visa. And, you know, do you already have the right to work? And I said, oh, no, I would require visas. So that was a, a no for them for the time being. So yeah, if anyone is out there who could maybe do a visa, then I would happily do. But the careers page from the university has been really helpful. The daily updates, the weekly updates, you know, um, I'm still working. But like the time that I would have allocated for my studies, it's a bit freer now. So I reached out to one of my networks. I was like, hey, can I just shadow you for like some projects? So it was with kind of like a leadership and coaching organization. So it, it was more consulting based provide kind of like tailored leadership and sales coaching for business leaders and so I was like can I just build up my skill set here and so they allow me to do some projects for them to kind of help with their Asia expansion goals for the future now with the career speech from the university it's really nice because there's been a lot of postings that popped up that I wouldn't have been aware of and so I've been applying to those and those actually were the ones that I'm getting into the later rounds in. So that's been a nice experience, a nice surprise. Yeah. So I'll get there. Yeah. Not landed it yet, but congratulations in itself for getting to those final stages, because that is a huge, huge achievement in itself. And actually that's the sign. It's just, it's just a matter of time for the right opportunity to come along. And I know we've got a recording of a recent webinar latest UK visa advice with an external expert. So, you know, I, I know a lot of our students are in that situation and you do need to work out the what are the options in terms yeah. of that. Um, and we've got a regional job hunting series of webinars coming up and the recordings will be online as well. Um, so just exploring key job vacancy websites for different areas around the globe. And so, you know, oh. we're, we're, we're very aware that's that's the sort of thing that 
situation that lots of people are finding themselves in. Um, mm. And sounds like you're doing really well, making really good headway on it. So before we finish today, I wonder, is there any is there any kind of final tip that you'd like to leave our listeners with in terms of leadership, management, distance learning, any sort of final message? Um, so in terms of leadership, management, where, wherever you are in life at this stage, just do it. There's kind of like one motto that I read once, you got to risk it for the biscuit. And for me, like that's, that's basically how I want to approach things. Like if you try, then you get an answer. But if you don't try, the answer is always going to be a no. Um, reach out to your networks and stuff. In terms of the BLE, in terms of the distance learning and the studying, it will get easier. I've been there and I know it doesn't feel like it when you're studying and you feel it's never going to end and it's actually really hard, but it will get better in the end. Just make sure to do the course reading. Just make sure to really understand the material well enough that you're not just regurgitating stuff, that you're actually able to put your own personal insight into it during assessments and stuff. That's how you are able to do well in the studies then. Absolutely. Because you've understood that content in that level of depth, you're able to, in retrospect, draw out all of those examples where you're realizing the key employability skills that you didn't even know you were developing at the time. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure as well. This was the fifth season of the Global Careers Calls podcast brought to you by the University of London Career Service. All links and resources are in the show notes. This episode was presented by Ray Roberts, edited by Bushri Yunu, and introduced by me, Abby Underwood. If you want to hear more inspiring stories from our global graduate cohort, subscribe to be the first to know when we release a new episode. You can find our episodes on your favourite streaming platforms, including Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts and many more. Thank you for listening and join us next time for a new Global Careers Call.